This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. It is great to be with you. We are hours, a little over a day, away from the NFL kickoff. The the new season begins, and here at Unpacking It, we've got a very busy full fall, but we're excited about it. And, and we look forward to sharing uh, some, some really cool guest interviews throughout the fall. Uh, they will be somewhat inconsistent as far as when we release them, uh, but, but be on the lookout for, for some really uh, intriguing guests uh, throughout the fall. And, and, and we will be consistent, though, with the Monday live show, the Tuesday fantasy football show, and then we will sprinkle in the guest interviews throughout the fall. So look forward to that. We always love hearing from you. Uh, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Uh, love hearing from the listeners and, and also appreciate you sharing the podcast with your friends, post it on social media, uh, rate, review. Uh, that's a, a great way to support this show. And, and then also we're, we're grateful to, to all of our financial supporters. We have a lot of great donors and, and thank you uh, as a listener for, for supporting our show financially. Uh, and if you, you haven't had the chance or you haven't done it yet, we, we encourage you to join our monthly support team uh, by giving any amount. And, and you can sign up on our website, unpackingit.com slash donate. And uh, thank you in advance for, for supporting Unpacking It Ministries. Today on the show, I am thrilled to welcome back Troy Vincent. He is the uh, the NFL Executive VP of Football Operations, and he had an awesome NFL career and now has been working in the front office uh, for over a decade and really is involved in so many different aspects of the NFL. And I, I, I asked him about how he watches games. Wait till you hear what he says. I mean, it's crazy all that he is looking out for and all that he's responsible for and, and is a part of in regards to just how the NFL operates, how games operate, and all the the layers that that we as fans sometimes take for granted. You know, for me, I'm I'm just trying to juggle uh, three different TVs and the NFL Red Zone and two different games and all that kind of thing. My my five different fantasy teams, uh, maybe it's seven. But uh, but anyway, he's got a whole different approach to uh to to, to what his perspective is on game day. And so uh, you'll have some fun listening to, uh, to his thoughts on that. But we, we discuss a wide range of topics. Uh, Troy is, uh, man, so open about his faith and really, really encouraging. So you'll, you'll, you'll leave this interview 
uh, being inspired by him uh, today and his faith and his boldness. So, uh, so look forward to that. Also, at the very end, we talk flag football. And any chance I get to talk flag football, I, I love it because I'm, I'm a big believer in the opportunity that flag football presents, you know, a, a lot of kids, and especially, um, you know, growing up, I got cut from the, the middle school football team. I just wasn't tough enough. I couldn't handle the tackling and all that kind of thing. But I was like a decent athlete. And if I was able to play flag football, I would have been able to enjoy the sport longer instead of my career ending in eighth grade. Uh, it, actually, I guess technically before that, because I didn't make the eighth grade team. But, but then I could have played football longer. And so, thankfully, over the years, we've had the Charlotte Turkey Bowl, which we'll, we'll continue to do uh, this November uh, here in Charlotte. But uh, And I, I actually retired from that a few years ago. But, but we do give adults a chance to play flag football every year, uh, which is always fun. But it's a great sport. But anyway, Troy is, is really behind making flag football you know, an even bigger deal. He's a part of the team helping to bring it to the Olympics. And, and so... Uh, I'll ask him about that as well, but, uh, but a lot of fun topics with Troy today. You, you, this is an awesome interview. You're going to love it. Uh, again, always love hearing from you, uh, as a listener. So, so shoot me an email. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, Bryce at unpackingit.com. We are brought to you by MetaShare. And, and so we encourage you to check out metashare.com slash unpackingit and, and find out if MetaShare is the right fit for you and your family. Uh, again, metashare.com slash unpacking it. Well, stick around at the end of the interview. I'll give you my one big takeaway and, and, and a spiritual encouragement as we wrap up the show. But right now, let's jump in. Here is Troy Vincent. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is NFL Executive VP of Football Operations, Troy Vincent. He's a former NFL cornerback who was drafted by the Dolphins, seventh overall out of Wisconsin in the 1992 NFL Draft. He also played for the Eagles, Bills, and Washington during his 15-year career. He was a five-time Pro Bowler, an All-Pro, and both a Walter Payton and Bart Starr Man of the Year Award winner. Most importantly, though, he's a follower of Jesus, a husband, and a father of five. You can check out TroyVincent.com. Troy, so great to see you. Thanks so much for, for being on Unpacking It today. Thanks for having me, and thank you for the prayer this morning. I love it, which means I know it's going to be a great day, a, great, a day that we were not promised, but we would take full advantage of it. So I'm looking forward to the discussion. Absolutely. Amen. Well, I appreciate it. And, and so, of course, this is kickoff week. We're all fired up for, for Thursday night and, and another NFL season. And, and I'm curious for, for you, how do you watch football at this stage of life? You're a former player. You love the game. You're a fan of the game, but you also work for the NFL. So what, what is your perspective as you watch games beginning this Thursday night? So it, that has evolved. So let me just take you through the week and it gets you to how I actually on professional football game days, how I view the game. Because I'm still a father. I still have my wife, Tommy, and I, we still have a child that is a student athlete in Columbus, Ohio, at Ohio State. So on Fridays, at least two Fridays ago, my wife and I, we like to attend high school games. The Friday night lights is where we can just enjoy being part of the overall community, watching high school football, which we both love. That's cool. Saturdays, we become parents. We got a Buckeye. 
a kid that's a Buckeye. So we can still enjoy watching the game. Kids, young men have fun. I think the fandom at the collegiate level is, is just tremendous. That energy that's inside those stadiums. Now it takes it to the question that you asked me. How do I watch professional football today? I'm looking for things that may go wrong. Mm. So it's the eye of I'm charting plays. Mm. I'm uh, evaluating, charting, officiating. I'm listening to the broadcast partners. I am monitoring things that are going on on the sideline, making sure that any contingency plans that we may need to activate, that the proper people are being communicated to. So charting, good plays. Hey, that was a nice block. That's the way we want to teach it. Or seeing something that, hey, this is what we want out of the game. Or I'm charting something. I'm tagging a play, something I want to go back to the competition committee, health and safety committee, something that we need to uh, to share with stadium ops. So that is my, like, it's a real, I'm not looking at explosive plays, uh, who's, who's catching passes, who's making tackles. It's all of these other elements that we've been studying and, and making sure that we're cataloging properly so that we can continue to advance the game without jeopardize, advance the game, grow the game without compromising safety. Wow. So, so you're not keeping up with your fantasy teams like I am. So you're watching it much differently than, than, than I am. So yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, it is, it's a different world. I mean, literally, I am like, I'm the auditor. But that's wow. how I view, that's how I'm viewing the game. Because there's a lot of stakeholders that have questions during, pre, during, and post the game. Wow. So so I actually watched three TVs at once in, in my man cave. So so what is your setup? Because that's you're keeping up with a lot. So I, how are you actually doing that from a logistical standpoint? So I have some help. Okay. So one game day when there's not a single game. So my Sundays look much differently than my Mondays and Thursdays. True. Let me explain that. On Sundays, that 1 o'clock window, I can have up to 13 games in that 1 o'clock. So I'm choosing two primary games. Mm. Two primary games for myself. Alongside of me is my former teammate from the Philadelphia Eagles, John Runyon. Oh, he's yeah. usually flanked to my right. So he's picking two primary games. But I have all 13 up. Nice. But my two main screens are the are the two games, and I have what I call the game day dashboard, which I'm able to look at all camera lenses, everything, track every player, track every angle where I can catalog plays real time. About a five-second latency where I can watch the play real time and then five seconds later see that same play again to look for what am I actually looking for. Okay, a foul occurred or didn't occur. Let me tag that play. Let me put a camera angle to it so I can discuss that later on. I'm also preparing for coaches' questions. Mm. Knowing that on game day, if a call didn't go right or it was a missed call, non-call, that question will show up in the coaches' questions on Tuesday, Wednesday. So this is where Coach Fuel and I, we have to answer coaches' questions, whether that's the coach, it could be the general manager, it could be the player about a specific play. It could be the official and having all that set up so that we can have a healthy discussion around, was it right? Was it wrong? Was it, is it something that we can support, not support? 
Wow. That's and then incredible. we get into the four o'clock window, much different. You're yep. talking four games. I can yep. I can put all four games up and look at that cluster all at one time. Still a real hard focused on one, as I would say, this game could have some challenges. So that's the one that I'm monitoring. And then the single game at Windows, which is your Sunday night and your Mondays and Thursdays, those are pretty, as we would say, they're pretty routine. Yeah. So it's about five of us, and those are easy games to monitor and to review. Gosh, I love it. That, that, that's awesome and, and cool to hear some of the technology behind that as well that, that you're able to, to utilize. Well, as we go into the, this 2022 season, from, from your perspective, what is sort of the uh, maybe the emphasis or what makes this season unique as we're hours before kickoff? I think I've always put every season as unique as you just referenced. There are so many young stars. Mm. And as a legend, as someone who now has the opportunity to be a contributor to the game, you know, I'm beyond my participant days. Watching these young players just do some extraordinary things. The game is faster. You look at the quality of quarterback play from top to bottom, unlike in my era where there were some great quarterbacks, obviously Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But when you look at one through 32, you look at those top 21, like there's not much difference. So watching these young stars on the offensive side, the defensive side, the young wide receivers, the game continues to evolve. I'm excited because over the last two seasons, from a stat standpoint, we've had the two most prolific seasons in NFL history back to back. One of those years, which was the most pr prolific year in NFL history in 100 years, was the 2020 season, the COVID year. Which is interesting. Touchdowns. I mean, just what team is going to, as we would say, go from worst to first? Yeah. You know, who's going to be that or those two, that, that one or two clubs? We see it every year. You know, so do, every do you have a thought. Do you have a thought on that? No, I'm not no? going to go on. Okay. No, no, okay. I'm not. Right. But every year it happens. Yep. So that's what's so exciting. When you're you're at kickoff, all 32, all 32 fan bases, all players feel like we got a shot. We got a chance here. Absolutely. So that's what's exciting about the kickoff of the season, being able to say. And then also I would like to just, if I can add, there are some things that we focused on during the offseason, in particular with our competition committee, things like making sure we're getting the consistency in holding, mm. the holding call up front, especially with the bigs. ICT, that's incidental contact. PI, that's pass mm. interference. That's whether it's offensive pass interference, defensive pass interference, and then roughing the passers. That Those four categories – and the points of clarification in those four are critical to the game. Mm. How do we garner the consistency from one crew, from one game to another for this 270-plus game season? Wow. Well, as a former cornerback, I'm sure you're curious on that, that pass interference uh, topic. And it's, it's got to be different than when, when you were playing. So what, what do you like about the changes? And, and how do you feel like, oh, man, we're, 
it's tough on the corners to, to actually well, guard these guys. Well, what I like about now, when you look at the makeup of the competition committee, where you have Vrabel, when you think about the four coaches, you got you got Vrabel, you got Tomlin, uh, there's Ron Rivera, and then you have Coach Wright in Indy. There's a tendency this year, which I haven't seen in my 12 years, in particular my last eight in this position, the leniency towards the defense, where inside of that incidental contact, allowing for some of the things that are natural, we call it chicken fighting, the hand fighting. You're just trying to get position. Someone's trying to get position on getting the top shoulder or getting So there's that allowing that to play out and that without making that call for chicken fighting. So when I say chicken mm. fighting, I'm just the little hand combat that goes, it's just positioning. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out throughout the duration. Of, can we be consistent with the call, the non-call, um, yep. and letting the game play out? I'm also um, the uh, I'm also looking at the, the rough and the passer. There was a tendency, which we're going to tell, we're still uh, asking the officials, whenever in doubt, protect the quarterback. But I think we were a little bit on a conservative side Hmm. where there was some things, some good acting going on. And you were penalizing a really good defensive play or uh, for potentially good acting. So, you know, looking at that roughing the passer, we call that RPS. And just making sure that we got the consistency that we're looking for. Is the QB acting or was that really forcible contact? Ooh, that's that's tricky. That's tricky to know. Uh, yeah, what the what the intention is there. But I, I like that, that that's an emphasis for sure. Uh, well, Troy, I love talking football with you, of course, and, and, and also enjoy hearing just your, your faith perspective on, on things. And, and so in, in kind of this season of, of life for you, it's been, been a couple of years since we, we've had you on the show as well. But uh, what, what are some things that uh, God's really been working on in you and, and, and some things that maybe you could share and, and, and be an encouragement to our, to our listeners today as, as things that you know, maybe God's been, been revealing to you as, as you continue to grow in your faith journey? Well, I would, I would say with today, just in my scripture reading of today is Exodus uh, 3, 13 and 14, mm. uh, where there's a reminder uh, that God is a great I am. Mm. And there's so much happening in the world today that is really, it can really be a distraction and mm. taking us off what is really most important. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our willingness to obey his promises and his commandments mm-hmm. and living those things out every single day. And my wife and I, we talk about that all the time is what's God's will? Mm-hmm. We want to do God's will. We want to be kingdom builders in everything that we do, how we show up, how we represent ourselves, not only with each other, each other in our partnership, but with our children and raising our children and that legacy that we leave behind. What is that legacy? That it's Christ first. Mm-hmm. And it's our walk in Christ and remember that he is the great I am. He is I am in spite of our shortcomings, knowing that we were born sinners and that we would die sinners. Christ died for us. And he sacrificed his son for us in spite of our shortcomings. So that is 
and, and managing that way and working with my colleagues, I call it living a life of I'm lit. And that's that acronym for leadership, integrity and truth. Oh, I love and that. that. Integrity is it's is, is integrity and, and God's truth mm. and leading by godly principles. So, Bryce, that's to, to summarize it. It's every day. It's living for Christ every day. It's being intentional about it. It's being unapologetic about our walk. Um, that's together. Um, it is leading with godly principles, not being judgmental, because uh, if God was judgmental to us, we would not be here. Um, he paid, you know, he died for our sins. So uh, that is daily. That's my daily walk. Um, and that is something that, again, my wife and I and our children, we try to live by that every day. Amen. Well, along those lines, too, that 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 daily journey with him, I know you've got a lot on your plate, even just describing what it takes on a, on a Sunday with all those different games and all you're juggling, not to mention a lot of the, the off the field type things that, that you're involved with your, with your family and, and impacting the, the community. So how do you, and how have you learned over the years to, to manage a, you know, a busy schedule while keeping Jesus at the focus and, and doing life with him, not, not only, you know, starting our day with him, but, but going about our day. Cause I, cause I know for me and I, I know for our listeners, we're all kind of, you know, continuing to learn and, and grow and, and not that you've got it all figured out, but I'm just curious kind of what you've learned in, in that regard. And that's maturity. I gave my life to Christ at the age of 16 and through maturity, managing family, going through, we all face daily crisis. We say, I, I use this term with my, my children in particular, Every day that the Lord allows us to wake up, we got a chance and a choice. There's a chance and a choice, a chance to, to live another day, a chance to live out. And then there's a choice to choose to choose Christ. That's a choice. So when we talk about the daily anxieties and the daily things, we got to always prioritize what's most important. What really matters? And oftentimes we can find ourselves veering in things that really don't matter when we really think about it. Are we really spending time gossiping or being problem solvers? Are we, are we spending time in things that, that are out of our control? Or are we spending time with things trying to be solution oriented and making sure that we maintain a focus of Christ and what's important. And that's why it's important for each of us as believers to have non-negotiables because sometimes when you don't have non-negotiables, you allow things to seek into your life or get on your agenda. That doesn't matter. Now you're wasting time. And frankly, you're wasting God's time mm. and you're wasting the talent that God has given each of us. So we have to be able to separate the wheat from the tear mm. Mm. and what's most important in our lives. And as we wake up and we engage with Christ's word, and throughout the day, be a living sacrifice and a living example of being Christ. That's loving, extending empathy, that same empathy that Christ extends to us on a daily basis. Amen. Not being judgmental and seeing the best in people, which is extremely hard in this day and time, is seeing the best in people in spite of. Amen. That's powerful. Wow. I, I, I love that. It's so encouraging. And, and I know for, for you, uh, you and your wife, Tommy, very 
connected and, and, and wanting to do, do a lot of uh, impact on, on the community and, and doing that that together and, and actually saw that uh, you guys are featured in, in an article uh, in the uh, fall issue of Waymaker Journal. And, and I want, I'd love for you to unpack this quote because this is the one that, that was shared on, on social media. Uh, we have our differences, but I think that's what makes the relationship special. Where I may have a deficit, that is where Tommy compliments me and vice versa. Yes. And that's all part of the relationship. But you have to, that's an acceptance that when we're in, when we're equally yoked, we're not always going to agree. It's constant negotiation. <laughs> what car, what what car are we going to drive to the to the game? Yep. What are we going to eat? What's our game apparel? I'm just using all of these things, but and we may differ. We may mm. differ on family concerns or issues. Mm. But we all there's one thing that we don't veer away from, and that's the word of God. We may disagree and have challenges in all types of areas. But the centerpiece of our relationship is built on Christ and the word of God. And that's that's critical because that's the one common denominator where we don't. That's a non-negotiable for each of us because our relationship is built on Christ. So we want to be we want to multiply, be fruitful and replenish the earth. As it talks about in Genesis, our relationship and our marriage was built on those principles and those commandments. So when you think about when we when I raised that in the conversation in that particular article, it was to show people we're we're just like everyone else, but we have a, a solid foundation that was built on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his commandments and his promises that he's given each of us. Not just Troy and Tommy, but each of us. But knowing how to enjoy, um, receive one another. And where I may be short, this is where Tommy compliments and vice versa. That's cool. No, I I love that. Uh, Practically, how how do you guys uh, cultivate that that foundation in Christ? What what does that, that look like on a daily, weekly basis? Easy. It's the word of God in prayer. Mm. And so, see, some, we're in a culture now that this is not our, the relationship with Christ is every day. It's every day. I know my wife is covering our children in prayer, covering me in prayer, but we live in the word of God. And frankly, we have accountability partners, couples. Mm that hold us accountable is is critical that that happens in each of our lives. That's good. Holding us accountable in the body of Christ. Amen. We're not any better. We're not above anyone. We have our challenges, but it is simple. We stay in that word. We live in that word in the workplace, at home, in a stadium, as we're traveling As we share with our children, we don't take it for granted. God, grant them grace and mercy today Mm. as we're dropping them off for school. So we're rooted in the word of God. Amen. What a a great answer. Well, I I appreciate that. Gosh, that's that's tremendous and very, very encouraging. Well, what's the the latest with the the work that you guys are doing with with the Love Thy Neighbor Foundation? So uh, we love where we are with Love Thy Neighbor. And we going back from when we first 
let's say when we when we began as a couple and as a family began as we would say our community service our community engagement early 90s mm. and then where we have matured and evolved to today mm. and we have an activation called safe zone mm. and what is safe zone it's an activation at each super bowl so we were trying to okay how do we integrate my work and the things that are most important to us one our our quest to end violence against young women and girls is that's our family priority like mm. we we're completely committed to ending violence against young women and boy, boys and girls but we've also committed ourselves and made a lifetime commitment to make sure that we're investing in our children, in the educational, trying to really looking to bridge the, the educational gap, that equity gap in education. So we focused our efforts in K through five. Each year we have a, at the Super Bowl, during Super Bowl time, we have an activation called Safe Zone. And that is where we go and we partner with a local school in the Super Bowl city. And we do an assessment, a needs assessment, working with the principal, the faculty on, okay, what are the needs or some of the, the shortcomings or the lack of resources? Because these are institutions that lack resources. They're under resources, what we call, not under privilege. Mm. And we go in and, and we just try to have one day where we see hundreds of kids from K through five smile. Ah. teachers smile a bunch of activities from football activities to activities that engage with making sure that we're celebrating the faculty because there's this lack of appreciation there seems to be about yes. what's the impact that teachers have on our children that's right so we want to make sure that we're celebrating we're pouring into the to to not only the faculty the the, the, the students but the faculty so that day is full of we're engaged with um, my colleagues, both active and our legends players that are local that come in every year. And we just have a blast. And I must say, this does not happen without tremendous partners. Mm. Cigna has been our partner from the very beginning. Zebra. We we just love engaging with young men and women and seeing the best in a young lady. Mm. that has not yet seen the best in herself yet ah. and seeing a young man smile and being called by his his original name and not something else mm. so we are we're, we're just appreciative um and we we've been surrounded by uh by some great people some great partners um that i, I just i just referenced and so that is our lifetime commitment and we do that as a family I love that. Oh, that's excellent. And, and you can find out more information, TroyVincent.com, TroyVincent.com. Uh, well, or you well, can go to LTNCDC.org. Oh, there you go. So LTNCDC.org to find out more about what, what we're doing at Love Thy Neighbor. And we'll love for anyone that if it's something that, that you may see that you may want to get involved in, uh, please contact us. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're, we're tight on time, but I did want to at least mention this because I'm, I'm such a, a believer in flag football and, and you're, you're making an effort. You're, you're part of the involvement trying to get flag football uh, to become an Olympic sport by, by 2028. 
So uh, give us kind of a quick update on, on that, and we'll, we'll end on, on that note. Because I, I, as somebody who wasn't big enough to play tackle football, I would have loved flag football being a bigger deal when I was younger. So this is the beauty of flag, and I get excited about talking about it because I say I've, I've been on record, and I, I, I truly mean this. The future of the game of football is in flag. Mm. Why? Because it's all-inclusive. Yep. I could really today – as a ambassador of the game of football, biased, but an ambassador of the game of football, flag presents opportunities for all. So there's no barriers of race. There's no barriers to class. There's no barriers to gender. There's no barriers of disabilities. Mm, and it's, and it's, there's no barriers of access. Mm. So when we think about the game of football, Again, I'm not saying it's the future of professional football, but having a game that everyone can participate, not just here domestically, but internationally, I'm proud to be associated with the game of football because we have a sport that there's a place for anyone. Now, there's some efforts here, and we're making efforts. We just finished the World Games down in Birmingham. There's an effort to see if we can get flag football to be a participating sport in the L.A. 2028 games. But in the interim, it is exploding around the country more than we'll have at the end of this year over 600,000 youth from the age of six to 14 playing flag football over 600,000 youth. That's exciting to see both young ladies Young men, boys, girls, adults, awesome. just participating in the great game of football. That's fantastic. We we host the Charlotte Turkey Bowl flag football tournament every November, so I'm I'm all in. I, I love Invite it. Invite me down. Invite me go. down. We'll get you down. Absolutely. That sounds great. Well, Troy, thank you so much for for joining us here on Unpacking. It's so great to catch up with you. Thanks for being a light. Thanks for all the hard work you do within the NFL, outside the NFL, and and, and the, the representation of, of Jesus and, and all that you do. So thank you so much for being thank with me. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. And continue to keep serving the body of Christ. God bless you, my friend. Amen. Absolutely. There's Troy Vincent joining us here on the MediShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Tremendous. He's fired up for the start of the NFL season. I am as well, and it's going to be a, a really great season. I mean, there's so many teams in contention. There really are only a couple teams that, you know, are just down and out, but it's it's not going to be many unless, you know, major injuries happen and that sort of thing. But but across the board, I mean, the, the parity, the balance of, of stars and – you know, good offenses, defenses across the league, divisions. You know, I know the AFC is better than the NFC on paper, at least as we start. But, but man, a lot of potential. And and like Troy, I, I tried to get him to pick a team from uh, from worst to first. But uh, my my Panthers are going to be in that mix. So so write it down. I've been I've been banging the table. The Panthers are are back, baby. Uh, they're going to win the division. So the Bucks are done. I don't know how many times I have to say it, uh, but the Bucks are done. So uh, we'll. Keep that on the record. All right. So uh, my, my big takeaway, though, from, from what we talked about with Troy, I mean, so much encouragement, but I love what he shared is you know, what he read this morning. Um, Exodus 314, 
in the NIV, NIV version, it says, uh, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And, and so, uh, you know, there's a long story to that, and you can, you can read it in, in Exodus 3. Uh, but just to focus on this, this concept of, of I am and, you know, h- how we view God is important and, and even understanding, uh, I guess, the power in, in what this represents, the, the I am. And I was, I was reading on BibleStudyTools.com. It says, when God gives a name for his people to call him, it conveys his dominion over all things, the source of his power and his eternal nature. I am. He is the self-sufficient, self-sustaining God who was, who is, and who will be. And, and I think we have to, to, to pause and reflect and remember how powerful God is, that, that he is uh, the almighty. He, he is who he is. It's like, I am. I, Boom, period. He's God. He's the Almighty. Like we can't, we can't in many ways comprehend that. But but then to, to say, okay, he's this powerful. He always was, he'll always be. I, I'm so small in view of him, yet he invites me to know him personally through Jesus. And and to to be in that tight relationship with the creator and the God, the great I am. Wow. Do we, do, we, do we really let that set in? And do we live from a place of uh, uh, attacking our day with that type of peace, knowing that, as I knock over Grant Hill and David Robinson here in the studio, sorry guys, um, that, that, that we, we have access to the great I am, that, that the powerful God loves us intimately and personally. That should give us all the boldness and confidence we need all the peace that we need. And, and so he's got it. He's, he's got, he's got the, he's got the, the whole world in his hands and, and that, that we can't uh, lose sight of that. But, but I, I love this, this, the I am that, that, that really, I think that, that captures the, the power of that. And, and so it reminds me of the song that you maybe have sang it in church uh, probably a few years ago. Hopefully it still makes its rounds. Uh, I know the version Phillips, Craig, and Dean, but but the great I am, and and these are the lyrics from that song: Hallelujah, holy, holy, God Almighty, the great I am, who is worthy, none beside Thee, God Almighty, the great I am. That's an awesome worship song. These are the kind of worship songs we should be singing on Sunday mornings. We got to stop singing about ourselves. We got to start singing about God, who is the great one. Uh, he is the great I am. And, and so, uh, I appreciate, uh, Troy, uh, sharing that verse, um, and, and sharing, yeah, just what, what, what he read in the morning. I always love asking that question. And when, when someone responds with, well, this morning I read, it says a lot, that says a lot about our guest. Um, so that, that's cool. So I appreciate that. Um, so it's an encouragement for all of us to get in the word, he, you know, again, another, another great guest pointing to scripture and, as the foundation. And, and God has revealed himself through scripture. And so we can cling to that. And he is the great I am. So go about your day with that encouragement. Thanks to Troy Vincent. Uh, loved having him on the show. And of the three times, I think that was my favorite interview. It was, it was good to see him on video. We used to have a radio show. We did most of our interviews uh, on the phone. 
So, uh, so that was a, a fun one. Uh, had the opportunity to meet him very briefly in Charlotte uh, years ago as he, he came and spoke at, a, at an event I was at. But um, great to, to have him a part of unpacking it today. Thank you for listening. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.